This is an AI Group podcast. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the most significant workplace relations issues of the month as 2019 comes to a close. The full members-only report is available on our website at aigroup.com.au in the policy section under workplace relations policy and advocacy. With me today to discuss the key aspects of this latest report, I'm speaking with Stephen Smith, Stephen's head of AI Group's National Workplace Relations Policy. I'm Tony Melville, AI Group's head of communications. We'll be looking at three main issues in this report, but before we get into those, uh, I thought I might just ask about the the bushfires and the smokes that, that are dominating a number of our cities and calls from the ACTU and others for changes to the sort of rules uh, that protect workers working in these uh, difficult and hazardous situations. Now, is that something that we should be looking at in more detail, or what should be our reaction to that? Well, I think the first thing here is that bushfires and heat are, of course, nothing new in Australia. We do have uh, codes uh, under the Work Health and Safety legislation that deal with excessive heat and deal with particles in the air and so on. So there are are codes in various states and, uh, you know, these things are always uh, under review by uh, the work health and safety bodies. So if uh, members do need any assistance in that area, then uh, a good place to start is contacting our uh, workplace advice line for references to those uh, relevant instruments. Because there'll be many variations. We're looking at temperatures in the 40s in places where they've never had those before. So businesses will be exposed to things that they've not experienced before. Uh, potentially, but, um, you know, of course, there have been plenty of hot, hot days, days in the, and in the past. That cover and those uh, we, we, we do have rules and codes and so on. And there, there are some obvious practical things. If people are working in excessive heat, they should be allowed to take uh, regular breaks and they should be uh, given access to plenty of water. You know, all the, the obvious things that, uh, uh, as you would expect, are set out in those codes. Right, OK. So let's get down to it. The, the three, three big issues that we've picked out of this report this month in December 2019. And the most recent and a big ongoing issue relates to the High Court looking at the Mondelez International and Australian Government Appeal on the decision relating to the issue of 10 days paid personal and carers leave, what that means. So what's been the outcome there, Steve? Well, this case has been going on for some time, uh, firstly in the federal court and then in the early stages of the High Court proceedings. Um, It's a case about the meaning of the expression 10 days of paid personal carers leave in section 96 of the Fair Work Act. Um, And the issue at hand here is do 12 hour shift workers get 120 hours of personal carers leave or do they get 76 hours being uh, two uh, 38-hour weeks, if you like. Um, The the issue uh, in the federal court was a split decision with uh, two judges saying that it would be 120 hours and one judge strongly dissenting, saying, no, that's not right. Um, The the key thing that has happened uh, now, uh, just on the 13th of December, the High Court has decided to hear the appeal, so uh, this will be determined by 
the full court of the High Court and uh, we'll uh, know for sure what the meaning is of the existing law uh, sometime next year. And, and this has very significant financial implications for a lot of businesses, not just big employing ones. Yes, uh, AI Group's chief economist, Julie Toff, um, gave evidence in the special leave part of the High Court proceedings and her uh, expert analysis showed that the cost to industry would be $2 billion a year to apply the interpretation that the AMWU is arguing in this case. Now, it's not just an issue for 12-hour shift workers. Um, on the interpretation of those two judges in the federal court, every part-time employee would get 10 days, even if they only work one day a week. Um, so this has a huge impact on part-time employment arrangements as well. But presumably companies now, it's gone to the High Court, they can wait for the outcome and so they shouldn't be taking any precipitate action on these issues. Well, every company will make its own decision about what they will do in practice, but it's you know, one of those situations where you know, issues like this uh, that are tested in court, um, you know, often the, the, the answer to who, uh, you know, what is the meaning of the law is, of course, not known until the court process concludes, and that won't be until uh, sometime next year. You know, we expect the appeal to be heard um, by the, the middle of the year. 2020. And to, yes, and to have a decision before the end of uh, 2020. 2020, okay. We'll keep an eye on that one. That's uh, big and ongoing, and not just for the, for the company you named, it's uh, for many, many businesses. So the second issue we're looking at is the Fair Work Registered Organisations Amendment Ensuring Integrity Bill. Now that was defeated in the Senate by One Nation Senators Pauline Hanson and Malcolm Roberts at the last minute. It was a surprise to a lot of people and made big news. So wh what is the latest development? What are the latest developments with that issue? Well, there, this is an important piece of legislation. Um, it, it applies to all registered organisations, so it would apply not only to unions but to registered employer groups like the Australian Industry Group. But it's aimed at dealing with uh, misconduct like we've seen for many years with the, the CFMEU uh, or CFMEU as they're now called, where the courts have levied more than $16 million of fines against the CFMEU for uh, not complying with uh, the law. And judge after judge has e expressed exasperation with the fact that the union just seems to have a business model of not complying with the law and just paying the fines. So something needs to be done. You know, this bill would tighten up uh, the requirements for union officials and the employer association officials, uh, provide more grounds for disqualification where officials consistently uh, don't comply with the law and uh, deal with a number of, of other related issues. Um, the government was rightly very disappointed that One Nation, right at the last minute, did not support this legislation. So uh, it was defeated in the Senate. The government has immediately reintroduced the bill into Parliament. It's gone through the House of 
reps and is back before the Senate, so they'll no doubt be working very hard early next year to try to, f to get sufficient support. Yeah, they definitely want to get a win on this one, but I, I think it's worth stressing on this one that we're talking about the worst sorts of behaviour. I mean, as an organisation, we work with unions every day in a very positive manner, and we're talking about the really bad activities, aren't we? And that's and, and in the future, not in the past. This is a, a bill that will apply to what happens in the future. Yes, yeah, so it only applies to future conduct. So if the CFMEU changed its ways, then they have nothing to worry about with this bill. But uh, the bill was amended substantially in the negotiations that occurred with crossbench senators. And the, the two Centre Alliance senators, um, you know, who were formerly uh, the uh, Nick Xenophon team senators, um, negotiated with the government and there were lots of amendments made, including a, a points system, a bit like... Uh, um, you know, with a driving licence, so you, you couldn't be disqualified unless you clocked up enough points for uh, breaking the law. So again, uh, it, it, it's all a very high bar before anyone is disqualified. That's right. Okay. Now the third and last issue is the Fair Work Commission's four yearly review of modern awards. So six years you've been working on this and, and the, our senior lawyers and policy people. So what's happening now with that four yearly review? What's the next stage? Yes, well, we're about to go into the seventh year of what was supposed to be a four yearly review, not a four year review or a seven year review, but uh, a massive amount of work has been done and there are 122 modern industry and occupational awards. Every one of those has been extensively reviewed. Uh, the key thing for members to think about is that all of these new versions of these modern awards are about to be released and about to become operative in uh, three main tranches. The, the key thing is that over the last six years, countless changes have been made to different entitlements. Uh, you know, for example, most awards talk about double time and time and a half for overtime and uh, other penalty rates. Those uh, expressions have all been changed to things like 150% of the ordinarily, ordinary hourly rate or 150% of the minimum rate. But there are lots of technical changes that will change entitlements. So every employer needs to have a good look at their payroll rules to make sure that they comply with, uh, with these awards that will start to become operative from early February in, in tranches. So otherwise we could see more of the underpayment news stories, companies being singled out because they haven't kept up to date. Yes, and most of these underpayment situations that we're reading about in the media aren't deliberate underpayments, of course. They are uh, inadvertence and in many cases it's a result of payroll rules being built into payroll systems and not checking when things change. So this is a very good example of why every employer needs to have a look at their payroll rules and make sure that these new awards uh, are being complied with when they become uh, operative. 
And they can do that through the advice line and, and they can get special support as well, I think, can't they? Yes, AI Group offers many services in this area. You know, obviously telephone advice is a, a good starting point through the advice line, but if employers need detailed assistance to look at their payroll rules or to audit their processes or to give advice on what awards apply and what the the detailed implications of awards are, um, that's uh, work that AI Group can readily assist with, as well as AI Group workplace lawyers. Okay, well, I don't mean to be pushing the advice line, but I think we'll bring it wrap it up now and just mention that over the holiday period, uh, that the advice line will be working on all the days except for the obviously the weekends and the public holidays. So it'll be working into that uh, week before Christmas and between the holidays when everyone else is at work. And, but always 24 hour basis, there's that emergency. Um, if, if there's an emergency or a crisis at your work site, you can, you can call in and there's a number that you can press when you call your normal AI group line. So all the best for, to you listening and to you, Steve, for 2019. And we'll be talking again to you in 2020. And remember that the full members only report on the workplace relations issues of the month is available at aigroup.com.au. See you next time. Thanks, Steve. Thanks.